even though this is a presidential election, there are many more candidates on the ballot besides the president and besides Congress, too. So go to Ballot Ready for a nonpartisan guide to your entire ballot. And you know I'm all about being informed, and you know I'm all about being educated. So from there, you can compare candidates based on their stances on issues, biography, or endorsements. And then you can save your choices to use when you vote by mail or in the voting booth. You can even request your absentee ballot or make a plan to vote early or on Election Day. This election matters, and I cannot stress that enough. Make sure you have a plan to vote and to vote informed. And this year, with changes to polling places and voting by mail laws as a result of COVID, it's even more important to have a plan to vote. And remember, local elected officials, they affect our lives every day. They decide who to prosecute. Ding, ding, ding. Important. They monitor the quality of our drinking water. Ding, ding, ding. Important. And also important, they choose the leadership of our schools. So go to BallotReady.org and enter your address to make a plan to vote and vote informed. All right, y'all. Thank you. We're about to hop into this episode, so get ready. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Balanced Life with Kaylee. It's your girl, Kaylee. I want to thank you, as always, for tuning in to another episode. I want to take a brief moment to encourage you that if you haven't already, please rate and review the show on Apple, iTunes, whatever you want to call it. I would greatly appreciate it. So I want to start today's episode off with talking about the post office. So it's been in the news a lot. It's been on social media a lot. And I know for me, I haven't known what's going on 100%. I haven't known key details. And I just wanted to share the information with you all so that you can be educated, as I'm sure you would like to be. So we're going to talk about that, its impact, its implications, and just, you know, start from there. So the post office has been struggling for a hot minute now, and there's just so many things going on. So they've had long-standing financial woes, limited resources that, of course, are being stretched even thinner with the pandemic, as everything is, really. And then Trump, 45, he's threatening to dismantle the agency and privatize it. And as we've known with the prison system, that's evident, privatization is not a good thing for our country. Just putting that out there. If you're curious about the things I'm going to say today and where I'm getting my information from, it's a conglomerate of sources. Um, But the main, of course, is USA Today is where I've been getting most of my information from. I encourage you to read up on it more. I encourage you to check out the sources that I've mentioned. And just, you know, keep your education, keep your knowledge going because that is so important to know what's going on. So, yeah, with, you know, the coronavirus package that's been going on that Congress has stalled on, of course, part of it was also going to encompass help for the post office. Both sides of the aisle, meaning Republican and Democrat, knew that it's necessary. They need funding if they're going to continue at all. So essentially, the Democrats, they proposed $25 billion in emergency funds for the agency or $3.5 billion more for elect- election resources. And like I said, it's stalled. So 45 falsely claimed that mail-in ballots lead to voter fraud, even though he himself repeatedly cast absentee ballots in Florida. He said that he doesn't want to give the post office money because it w- he w- cause then it would be able to deliver mail-in ballots to voters across the country. Okay, I'm going to repeat that last part. I stuttered a little bit, but it's fine. I don't believe in re-recording every single piece of the conversation anymore because that's not how life works. You know, you don't get multiple takes in life. You make mistakes, and it's normal, and I just want to make sure that is normal. So I'm owning all of my mistakes in this episode. But even if I did stutter over it, I'm going to, like, repeat that anyway. So 45 
said that he did not want to give the post office money because then they would be able to deliver mail-in ballots to voters across the country. Of course, he's tying it to the incorrect assumption of voter fraud, but also he's realizing how important that mail-in ballots will be. And of course they will be important in this election. You have the coronavirus going around. People, and it's not safe. It's not really safe for people to stand in line and vote, especially how long the lines are going, and especially with all the tampering with equipment and not having things plugged in, charged, or all the different things that have been going on that we've seen in past elections recently, whether it was the governor um, election in Georgia or others that have been going on that have been more local. So this is very important and key during this time. So just another quote from 45 himself, they need that money in order to have the post office work so it can take all these millions and millions of ballots. He added that if they don't get the funds, that means you can't have universal mail-in voting because they're not equipped to have it. So he doesn't want them to get the funding because then you get the mail-in ballots. Y'all, he is scared. He knows that he's done so much wrong, and especially the way he's handled this pandemic that is affecting his base. A lot of his decisions lately, I read, affected up to one-fourth recently of his base. He's messing up. He knows he's in trouble. I even saw a clip where he was like, you know, and basically hinting that Joe Biden would be president because people don't like him. We're not even going to get into that. But he's scared. And he knows that these mail-in votes and giving people that access will increase turn out, you know, you know, it was hopefully, but also that it won't be in his favor. And so to me, all of this speaks to direct sabotage. I have to call it like I see it. So let's just go into more details. So in May, the Board of Governors appointed a new president, you know, the new Postmaster General. His name is Louis, Louis DeJoy. So let's talk about Mr. Lewis. He is a North Carolina businessman, a major Republican, and guess what? A major Trump donor, according to several reports. He donated 360000 to Trump Victory, a super PAC that supported Trump's re-election. He was also a fundraiser for the Republican National Convention. And also... He has significant investments in companies that either compete against or do business with the post office. Let's talk about some other things he's done since he's taken his place in this organization. So he's, limited, he's eliminated overtime for hundreds of thousands of post office employees. And he's mandated that mail is kept until the next day if they cannot get it out, you know, that day. So if they're running behind, they're running behind. He doesn't care about that in terms of distribution centers. And it was also reported this week that the post office is removing some mail sorting machines from their facilities around the country without any official explanation. Let's talk about this because these mail sorting machines are the very same machines that would be tasked with sorting mail-in ballots. I mean, it's all here in black and white. I don't know what else there is to be said. 45 is directly... <laughs> directly attacking our right to vote. It's already attacked during voter suppression, and as I mentioned earlier, just all the different things that are going wrong with the voting machines and, you know, during the gubernatorial election, gubernatorial is how it's pronounced actually, election that was held here in Georgia, and then just other elections that have been held since, just so many different things that are going on, and just all the other tools of voter suppression. And this is just another way to suppress the vote. And I also noticed that a lot of times these, you know, sorters and just even I've seen the blue little mailbox that you drop stuff off in I'm seeing them removed from you know Democrat cities or counties so one thing I'll say and recommend that you go drop your ballot off in a more suburban or white or maybe even Republican-ish area 
if you know that's safe and comfortable for you in terms of this fight but yeah just drifting back to this i mean it's clear as day i mean you're attacking the post office that's going to be crucial in a coronavirus world you're attacking areas that of course would go against you in the election you're attacking the machines that would help sort these ballots i mean it's all there clear as day you appoint someone who's a huge fan of yours who likes you because trump is always worried about being liked He's doing things that directly attacked. I mean, he's cutting overtime. He's letting things get built up and backed up by, you know, again, like cutting that overtime, making things stay in the distribution center until the next day. And I mean, that just, again, things stack up and they're not allowing. That's also something that I read. He's not allowing extra drop offs. That's rolled out now. You can't do extra drop offs during the day to, you know, get more stuff done. They're cutting that out so things intentionally get backed up, so things intentionally cannot be done in time for the November 3rd election. Again, I encourage you to read up more yourself, to become more knowledgeable, but these are just some bits and pieces that I wanted to point out, and I think it's important to speak with the facts. So now I'm going to shift this, right? I mentioned the impact. This is basically messing with our right to vote. And I want to mention that for people who are like they don't want to vote or they're thinking about setting this election out. Do you think they would try so hard in so many ways to interrupt and block our right to vote if it meant absolutely nothing? Do I think it's the key to solve everything? Absolutely not. There's still so much work that has been, will continue to be, and will need to be done in addition to that. But voting is still key. Voting is still important. Look at all the things that 45 has been allowed to get away with, that has been allowed to do, that has been enabled by members of Congress. And when I say vote, I'm not just talking about the presidential election. I'm talking about voting for these representatives, these senators, and I'm talking about also voting in your state elections here. Georgia's in a hot mess because of, you know, our governor and his reaction to the coronavirus. I mean, he was over here beefing with his own mayors. He was suing his own mayors for just trying to do what's right by their citizens. He eventually backed out of that because he knew it was wrong and he was publicly embarrassed. We're not going to get into that. And even with that, that's an issue because he was a secretary of state at the time overseeing an election he was part of, which is a whole hot mess. There's just so much, again, it's very important to be active in politics, in the political sphere. It's important to vote at all levels, and it's important to recognize the right to vote. And also, I want to shift this conversation now into the recent announcement. So I know I've been saying her name wrong, like in so many different episodes and just in practice. So her name is not Kamala Harris, it is Kamala Harris. She was announced as Joe Biden's vice presidential pick. There have been a lot of outcry. There has been a lot of think pieces. There has been a lot of criticism on social media over the choice and decision. And I want to first start out by saying you are allowed to feel how you feel. Both, are the, both of these individuals, they are both problematic. They both have records, you know, that have hurt our community, that have hurt other communities that we care about, other, other marginalized groups. How you feel is totally understandable. But I also want to mention, some things are public record. I've actually searched their records. I've gone to the government websites and I've pulled up different issues. I've pulled up different bills. I've pulled up different things of that nature. And I've checked that way, the record. And you can find old episodes from, I believe, 2018, 2019, whichever. I think whenever the race really kicked up and people were really talking about candidates, I would say 2018 maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I went over everybody's record in different ways, whether it was Cory Booker or Kamala herself, Elizabeth Warren, things like that, sourcing it that way. Please be 
careful of misinformation. Like I said, they are problematic. There's things on record that I don't agree with, things they've done in previous roles that I do not agree with, that I hate, that I recognize have harmed so many people. I'm going to say that. But I also want to make sure that you're checking for misinformation, that you're fact-checking, not just co-signing anything you see on social media, not co-signing every article. Make sure that you're using reliable sources, that you're listening to reliable people. That's what I want to say about information part because it's so easy to spread misinformation. And these social media sites will not always correct it for you or remove those for you. We know that for sure with Facebook. So I just want to stress that. But I also want to stress, I want to talk with another narrative that they're both the same. Are Democrats perfect? No. Absolutely not. There's so many problems. And I, on paper, identify, of course, as a Democrat, but I'm more on the progressive you know, very progressive side of things, super leftist, like AOC is my girl, that's more what I gear towards. But I also want to say that these two parties are not the same. When Obama was in office, and of course that was partly due to racism, but even then, the Democratic Party, like, they don't always agree with each other, they don't always co-sign things with each other, for better or for worse. But I'll say what we have seen with 45, we have seen him be enabled time and time again by Congress by you know even the supreme court and i'll get to that later i mean we've seen just so many ways his enabled kemp's decisions in georgia are a lot ruled by his relationship with trump and i just don't know how important it is to stress the other they are not the same are they both problematic very but there is clearly one that is more evil and problematic than the other and that's just speaking on facts this is not a bias this is just factual information if you point out and you look what they've done what they have done what they continue to do they are not the same that is the most dangerous rhetoric that you put out there and it's the most ignorant rhetoric and i'm gonna rhetoric and i'm gonna say that flat out like that's just being ignorant that's being divisive and it's being stupid and it's just very very dangerous they are not the same the things that 45 is again the things that he is doing you would not see that they're not were, the democrats mess with the post office like this like that they're intentionally just blatantly doing things like this to manipulate elections no and this is why I want to remind you that it is so important to vote. It is so important who you elect as a leader. Do you want another four years of this? Look at all the damage that he's caused in four years. That I don't even know if we'll be able to undo with, let's say, an eight-year Democratic term or beyond that. He's caused so much damage. And let's just talk about the racial tensions that he's allowed to flare. Yes, that was starting out with Obama, but here you have the person in charge of the country just openly flaming the flames, calling people of the Virginia thing, I can't remember the name of it, Charlottesville, I think, you know, both of them, good sides, and both people, on good, like, both sides had good people, like, saying that in a racist incident, I mean, just so much of the stuff that he's done, that he's flooding the flames, I'm seeing all these articles about Black Lives Matter pro protesters clashing with, you know, Trump protesters, and just all these open, more blatant instances of racism, like, he's just giving it free reign, like, he's just saying it's okay to be openly racist again, to be openly hateful again, to be openly violent again. He's given all these cosigns. He's done it with his platform. He's done it with his voice, his tweets, his language, his rhetoric, everything. Every tool that he's had at his dispense, he's emphasized and put these things forth. You do not get that with the Democratic Party, okay? You will not. They are totally different. And just think, do you really want more of this? Because I just don't know if we can undo all this damage that has been done. I don't know. And I'm just scared about how much worse it can be under another four years. You know, 
there's kids in cages and he may or may not have started that but the way he's amplified it the way he's directly attacked immigration and the latino community like come on y'all think bigger do not just go with the herd mentality or group thing on twitter just really use your mind and think for yourself these parties are not the same they're both problematic they both harm marginalized communities in some way but they are different one is definitely more visibly and clearly evil than the other and i just i just don't even know how to stress that and it just infuriates me that this is even a thing so in short i want to wrap that bit up so speaking to the announcement of kamala as the vp Feel how you feel. Feel how you feel about Biden being the nominee. But also remember that factually, a lot of millennials sat out and they did not vote in the primaries. So be mad at your fellow millennials or be mad at yourself if you didn't do that voting. Because this is what we're left with. This is what happened. Okay? People didn't show up. Bernie himself, he didn't go to Selma. He he missed out on southern states. He, he didn't do what he could have done to increase his... Um, his relationship with the black community, with the older black community, he didn't do his due diligence in his part. He skipped around, played around, did what he wanted to do, and in the end, he still failed. I still think, I think he went to Michigan, and he didn't do that well there, and he chose to go there over something that could have helped black relations. You have to look at the whole. In the end, these are our choices. Do they suck? Yeah. Am I happy? No. They're not my first choices. I'm an AOC girl, but then behind that, from actual nominees, I was an Elizabeth Warren fan, and she was problematic even of herself. And let's talk about this. You're never going to find a perfect candidate, because guess what? There's not such a thing as a perfect person, period. We all have our feelings. We all have our skeletons in our closet. We all have times where we have been problematic. We've been ignorant, and we've grown, hopefully. Most of us have grown with age, with wisdom, with seeing things, with learning new things, with having new perspectives. You need to extend grace, because some of y'all are just so critique, like, just have so much critique, so throw so many stones, but look at yourself, you know? And what have you been doing to help? Are you just sitting here on Twitter talking? Like, have you done more? Have you signed petitions? Have you protested? Have you donated money? What have you done, you know? I talk on Twitter, I use my voice on here, I've donated money, I've signed petitions, I've done tons of things. So just make sure if you're talking, that you're talking with substance, that you're talking as a person who's put forth action. I just want to make sure that. Make sure, and I think a lot of us, I think people are so woke, but they're not really woke. Or they think they know so much, but they know so, nothing at all. And I want to go back to that Erica Badu quote, she's problematic, again, but broken clock can be right, you know, twice a day. When she said, the man who knows something knows that he knows nothing at all. And I think so many of us just feel like we know it all and we just know everything. We know the solutions to everything. And you really don't. And people miss out on the gray and the nuances. Not everything is black and white. And I used to really operate with that mentality about it being this way or that way. But life has humbled me. Life has taught me about the gray. Life has taught me about the nuance. And I don't want y'all to forget that. In just real life, not even just talking about this election or politics. I'm talking about real life matters, okay? That's just something to keep in mind. So feel how you feel about her, but don't let that be the reason you stood out. Don't. And let's, let's, let's talk about all these debates about her ethnicity. So she's Indian. She's Jamaican. She's black. I'm tired of people having all these discussions about what constitutes blackness and trying to rob people of their blackness. I mean, we've seen that just in a little ways about, oh, like, if you, like, in the back in the day used to be, like, if you, like, anime or if you were nerdy or, or you talked a certain way, your blackness was stripped. I'm tired of us trying to strip people of their blackness. Do I think we should be giving blackness freely and holy to everybody? No, I don't believe in that cookout nonsense like that either. 
But I'm just so tired of these conversations where people or just how people feel about biracial people. Like, if you have black in you, then you're black. And let's be clear, none of us are wholly black. Let's talk about that. As a black person in America, it is highly unlikely that you are 100% black. If you want to speak to my DNA, yes, I'm mostly black. But I have a huge chunk. I'm almost a fourth white with my DNA. But would you call me not black? Would you talk about, like, how I have trace ancestry and some ancestry from China and from the Philippines and from, you know, the islands, Austronesian stuff that's been found? Would you say that I'm not black? I'm wholly black. What are you talking about? None of us are. And if you all got your DNA done, I mean, you would see that. And, I mean, it's just not even need to see that. It's just common sense. Through chattel slavery with rape and different things like that, there's going to be whiteness in your blood. Nobody's going to be purely black, so we need to get rid of that, you know, and don't use that against her. This is a time where, yes, she's problematic, but it is remarkable to see a black woman as a VP. It is remarkable to see an Indian woman as VP, you know, and I'm just going to say VP. I'm just going to speak that into existence. I'm not going to say presumptual or democratic nominee for it. I'm just going to say VP. Those are good things. I mean, it's good to see an HBCU woman, you know, VP. It's good to see, I mean, for Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, that's great for them. There are wins that you can find. I mean, again, you have to see the good and the bad. I mean, address it. And that's why I'm going to say I'm not telling people not to critique. I'm not telling people not to feel the way they feel. Feel it. Critique it. And when they get in office, hold them accountable put their foot to the fire and I think that's what we need to do instead of just talking we need to hold these people accountable people keep getting voted in again over and over again so what are we really doing about it we're just talking be about that actually y'all won't even pro like y'all won't even bo- like boycott and not spend money with certain groups and certain websites and I mean in certain you know food places and I'm sure you can get what I'm saying here so y'all want to talk so much but are you really about the action that it puts forth to really make the change you know so it's just so many things in this about the people who are just talking outside their neck or just talking so much on Twitter. Again, feel how you feel. Just show up at the polls, do the right thing. Throw your vote that way. I'm not saying be happy about it, be joyful. You ain't got to hashtag Biden here, 20 point. You ain't got to do all that. Just do the right thing, be smart, use common sense, okay? You will not live the same life like this under them like you would with Trump all the things that he's allowed to do that wouldn't be it and let's also talk about another important thing I want to do before I wrap this up because I don't want to go on a whole political spill oh and let me say real quick before anybody try and come for me this is my lane this is my wheelhouse I have a whole degree in political science pre-law concentration let's talk about that I also have a degree in real life stuff as well I have a a sociology degree masters and it was my minor in undergrad I know what I'm talking about in different realms guess what I'm also about to rack up degree number three in psychology so let's talk for anybody want to come at me about what I know and what I don't know I'm open that I don't know everything. I'm open, like I said earlier, I had to do research into this post office thing to figure out what's going on. I know that I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. But I do want to shout my credentials in case someone try to check me or say something to me. Let's talk about that really quickly. Please and thanks. Okay, so just wrapping up another major thing with this that's important to keep in mind the Supreme Court. Lifelong appointments. I cannot stress how important enough this is. Y'all see that Ruth Bader Ginsburg is in the hospital like every other week. Right now, the, the Supreme Court is already going towards the conservative side. It has the majority. If he's elected again, he will absolutely be able to appoint another person. He will absolutely, not just the Supreme Court, but all these other judicial appointments that he can do throughout the country. 
that are also long-term appointments that he can put more people in there. And think about that policy. Think about what that can do. Sometimes, and a lot of times, like judicial branch, they can make law and policy through, you know, striking down something that a governor has done, striking down something that Congress has done. They play a very important role. And I just want y'all to remember those things. So it's important that we have someone in place who will not appoint someone terrible into these Supreme Court roles and these other judicial roles across the country. Think about long-term vision, okay? Use your common sense. All of this life is bigger than you. Just please, just please think about that, y'all. And I'm sorry if I'm coming off preachy, but I feel like we just, I just need to. Just think about that. You have to make sure you have someone in place that can put forth decent people to the Supreme Court. And I mean, I would love to see a black woman on the Supreme Court. We have a Latino on the Supreme Court, which is great. And I want black female representation on the Supreme Court. Unfortunately, we quote unquote have black male representation, but he's not really representing us. But Or black men or the black community specifically. But yeah, we need that representation. It's important to think about the future and things of that nature. So that wraps up my political spill. So we are going to take a quick break, and then we will be right back. Hey, everybody, we're back. And like I said, I recognize the importance of just reflecting and looking at yourself and pulling the pieces from yourself that aren't that good and just fixing yourself. There is a whole episode, Tap In, dedicated to life lessons that I've learned And I mean, just throughout my show period, I've addressed my feelings and where I've had to improve and make myself better. So I'm not over here on any type of high horse, if that's what you're thinking. I just really want to stress to y'all the importance of just, yeah, (laughs) I'm not going to preach anymore, y'all. So I'm just going to jump in really quick, actually, with the reflection of something that I realized this week. So there was this thing I was a part of that I had to attend And I noticed that so many other people were getting so much out of it, more so than I was. And there was other reasons that factored into that, but it was also because I realized I went into it with a negative mindset. I already went into it with the idea of, I don't want to do this. I'm not in the mood for this. This is too long. It's going to be boring or whatever. I went into it with so many negative thoughts before I even stepped in. So my mind, myself, was not open to what was being said to me I couldn't take it in fully and that's when I realized I'm like everybody else is getting something from it yeah I'm a different person yeah I don't mesh with everything and everyone and not everything is going to strike a chord within me but I just realized that yo like you came into this in a negative way so no of course you're not going to get anything from it you're not even open to receiving it and I realized I've shown up in my life in other ways just with the language I use around something and sometimes like I'll catch myself and I'll say oh this stupid or whatever don't do that like you have to catch your own negativity and you have to think about that because that negativity that you have not only is it negative and unhealthy for you to just produce so much negativity to internalize and just rotate in your mind so much negativity but it also could block your blessings it can stand in the way of you growing of you being better of you learning you know so it's just very important. I just want to point that out. But then I also realized that for me, the reason I go into some things with a negative attitude or just going in seeing the bad is the defense mechanism. It's just me trying to prepare myself for if things go bad, if things are negative, 
because, you know, just life, just all the things that I've been through. So I realized it's just about a survival tactic for me. It's just been me trying to survive. Like, if I'm just used to the bad, so I just prepare myself for that, have my body up, my guard up just for that. But that's just been blocking so much. And so from this, I just want to gather and say that I'm not perfect and I can recognize my feelings and I try to do that even though it's hard. And I also recognize how sometimes I can stand in my own way and I don't want that for y'all. I don't want that for anybody else. And especially if you've been through a lot in your life, I challenge you to think about some defense mechanisms that you may have that are unhealthy and that are blocking you because it's time for us to move from survival mode to thriving mode. We're not here to survive. We are here to thrive, okay? So that's just really important and something that I just want to note. So I just want to talk really quickly about the coronavirus. Still real, still a thing, even if people don't act like it. I salute those of you who are staying in the house. And let me be clear, like, I'm not necessarily judging people who are going out. I understand that it's really hard to just put your life on pause. So many life circumstances have first forced my life to be on pause for the last four years and some change. I understand, especially people who are extrovert, people who need to get out of certain situations. I can understand, again, why it's hard to put everything on pause and stay inside. I get it. I get that need. But, again, it's just, you know realizing things that are bigger than yourself and I mean I'm not judging you but it's just important to keep that in mind so let's talk about the coronavirus let's talk really quick about youth so a 15 year old died in Georgia I think it was either today or yesterday they did he or she I can't remember if it was a boy or girl or whatever gender they identified as because I do try to keep in mind pronouns and all those things but they died and they did have underlying conditions okay Let's also talk about a 16-year-old that died in Paris back in March. No underlying conditions. A 29-year-old healthy doctor died after seemingly recovering. Some haven't died, but they did get very sick, like a 27-year-old from Milwaukee. So all that to say, people assume that young bodies can fight off anything. They cannot. Do we have better chances? It's fair to say yes, but it doesn't make us immune. It doesn't make us invincible. Okay? Like... We like you can die whether you're young and healthy with no underlying conditions. You can die if you're young with just small underlying conditions. You can be young and healthy and you can recover. You know, I mean, but you can also get back sick again. I also want to point that out. Like I didn't word that properly how I wanted to at the end, but I do want to point out really quick that after you get the coronavirus once, you can get it again within like after about three months. So don't think it's just over once you had it. There's not that immunity there. And again, there's just so much about this disease. I mean it's infection, this virus that we don't know about. So it's important to keep that in mind, how you operate. We don't know the long lasting effects. Okay? And I just don't know how to stress the importance to you guys. I just want to say this. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about overall loss in totals. As of the moment of this recording and the last time that I checked facts, 4,568 people have died in Georgia. That's a large number. If you found that amount of money laying on the street, you would probably keep it. If you got a work bonus or a paycheck with that much, you would keep it and you would be happy. If unemployment gave that much weekly, you would be happy. If rent was that high, you would be unhappy. So think about that. That's a big number. That's a lot of lives gone. In North Carolina, it's 2,370. 
in Texas is 10,373. It's 15,910 in New Jersey. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind when you don't wear a mask. Keep that in mind when you go to large and semi-large parties and gatherings. Keep that in mind when you don't social distance. It could be your family member. It could be you. But don't let it hit close to home to matter. And we always talk about and we fight with other groups about how they don't care about us or certain issues until it hits close to them. Until it's close to home. Don't be the same way. Don't be the people that you talk about. Don't be a hypocrite. It's bigger than you. And just overall to say just have common sense. Use common sense. And you would think it's common but it's not but try and find it if you haven't been using it already okay so speaking of things being bigger than us I want to take a turn very briefly to world news I want to talk about Zimbabwe so Zimbabwe is really struggling with the coronavirus it's just added so many challenges and there's some human rights violations going on over there. Let's talk about they're having very strict lockdown measures and restrictions, which are fine. They can be necessary. I think we need more in the United States. But with this, police, they're using force to disperse and arrest nurses and healthcare workers for breaching their lockdown restrictions. And all they're trying to do is just protest for their salaries, condition of work, and some of them are just trying to help people. Let's also talk about when we're mentioning protests. So military and the police they're arresting and brutalizing activists journalists students and opposing members there these groups in protest right now in Zimbabwe they're protesting corruption and political economic instability and so they're using this COVID-19 lockdown to justify deploying these, the military and suppressing these peaceful protests and so just in addition to economic and political struggles Zimbabwe is also facing a food and health crisis right now through the coronavirus pandemic this is very real, and again, it affects people's lives in so many ways. So just take this seriously so that we can do better and live better and get back to our normal lives and hopefully beat this. And just my prayers, I mean, I don't know how much it means. I know I hate when we do prayers and thoughts, you know, especially Congress people in terms of, like, you know, when shootings happen in the United States. But my prayers in my heart are with Zimbabwe and I also wanted to just have that moment to bring awareness to them so I can do a little bit more than thoughts and prayers. I want to bring awareness and to the world about what's going on and just remind you again that the world is bigger than you. I mean, so some things that you can help Zimbabwe just amplify the voices of activists from there. Just share the news and stories about what's going on and just stay educated about what's going on and sign petitions and donate to, you know, legit and helpful organizations in Zimbabwe. So that's just something that I wanted to say. And of course, like, of course, I know we have so many issues going on here. We can't worry about everybody else. But this is just a moment to remind you that you're not the only one with issues. The world is bigger than you. And just think outside of yourself, you know. It's a moment just to encourage a little bit of selflessness and to reduce a little bit of selfishness. And don't get me wrong individualism and selfishness are sometimes good we need to be ourselves we need to worry about ourselves and sometimes love ourselves first and put ourselves first but you know when you know time and place for everything you know when it's right to do that and you know when it's right to not so wrapping up this episode today i do just want to briefly hit on unsolved mysteries that alonzo case it did get reopened i think it seems alonzo brooks the case did get reopened and his body was exhumed, which I'm grateful for and I hope they find justice. I hope his family finds justice. I'm going to tap into it maybe a little bit more the next episode, but I don't trust none of his none of his friends. 
I want to talk about how they all left him at the party. So either stuff went down before the party was over, before they left, and they just left. Or they really just, like, left him, even though they knew, like, there was a fight, and they just left him alone and act like everything was going to be okay. And I don't know if it's just a different code, but I was taught to just not leave your friends behind, to look out for your friends, the group that you came with, it's the group that you leave with. And I don't know if they operate on a different code or not, but I just feel really bad for Alonzo Brooks. I definitely knew there's foul play involved. His body was found perfectly intact. You know, the only thing that was damaged was the neck, which leads me to believe that he was killed, um, whether through strangulation or whatever, because the neck was the main part that was, you know, um, what is the word, decomposed. So I believe that right there, because everything else, the x-rays and all the other examinations didn't reveal much, but the neck was the really damaged part. So I believe right there is the key to his death. I believe he definitely was stored somewhere. I believe the medical examiner shady. They couldn't answer questions. They just avoided things. They talked in circles. The one that was featured on the Netflix special, the mother pointed out there's no way he was in water. Look at how in good tact his stuff was. And this is stuff from 2003 that is still intact now. And if he was in the water, you know, the papers would be messed up. The ink would be messed up. So it's just so much going on with that case. I don't trust his friends. I think... Either they're just really bad friends, they had some involvement, they knew what happened, and they didn't want to say for their own safety. I don't know what it is, but I might have to say that later. But if you don't know about that case, look it up. It's episode 4 on Netflix, and just keep fighting, just, you know. So anyways, I love y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Again, please rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Share a link to this episode. Retweet my promo post. If you don't already, follow me on the podcast page. On Twitter, it's at The Bounced Life. Again, on Twitter, it's at the Balanced Ed Life, and on Instagram, it's Balanced Life with Kaylee. All right, thank y'all. Love y'all as always. Grow, glow, know. Let's do more. Let's be more. Let's uplift. Love y'all. Bye.